everyone, and welcome back to the ClusterCast, a filterless podcast on family travel. I am your co-host, Anna Lyons. And I'm Scott Lyons. We hope this podcast finds you well and good. Um, at the time of this recording, though, our world and society is still in the major throes of figuring out life amid the COVID-19 pandemic. And we reckon plenty of you are still figuring out what your travel plans are. Right. So the ongoing theme from this summer and on into fall and winter mm-hmm. has been that many of us are taking a lot of road trips. So if you can drive somewhere, that's where you're going. So. Yep. And as we said in our Arizona episode, you're trying to convince yourself that the road trip to Moab definitely makes up for the trip to Scotland that you had to cancel. It's totally makes up for it. Same Samesies. Samesies <laughs> is just a little swip swap and not a big difference, not a big deal. Definitely not crying yourself to sleep at night and you're definitely not on the phone with Aer Lingus trying to like get your points back or anything like that. Certainly not. So since road trips are a pretty reliable form of travel, we have been trying to highlight some of the cooler locations here in the United States to give you a guide and or inspiration for visiting. And I mean, we obviously want this podcast to be timeless, so we're not going to just constantly be harping on COVID stuff. And we feel like road trips are going to always be a pretty solid means of travel, regardless of the societal freak out COVID-19 ad nauseum. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like as good a time as any to do a few episodes on these places. So fortunately for, fortunately for us, we have, have lived in these destination states for most of our lives. Yeah. So we feel like we have some local guide street cred um, with where to go and what to see when you come to these locations. Yeah. So that's why we're doing these episodes on places that we've lived. So we actually kind of know the ins and outs of them. Mm-hmm. So we did an episode a couple of months ago on what to do and see in Arizona, which, you know, if you've been here. It's pretty dry. Dusty, red dirt, natural wonder of the world kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just sort of that like Southwest cowboy sort of vibe. And on today's episode, we are going to go completely to the opposite climate. And we're going to be doing a three installment series on the Pacific Northwest, which covers Washington, Oregon, and Canada. And by Canada, we mean Vancouver and Victoria. Yeah, we didn't hit all of Canada. Uh, No, no, we did not. (laughs) And we just moved from that part of the country. Sad face. Sad face. Yeah. And so we're feeling very nostalgic, and uh, we decided to honor our time there with a few episodes about our favorite places to visit in the PN dubs. Yeah. So obviously, this episode is Washington State. Yep. So. And it's funny that we always had to specify that. You know, people would say, so do you mean D.C. or state? Oh, you're right. <laughs> and, and I feel like, let's be honest, it was such a time waster question. Because people will always say D.C. Like um, when Fred Armisen said that people tell you that they're from Manhattan, they say it like they have an illness, like, I'm from Manhattan. (laughs) So people say that with Washington, D.C. I'm from D.C. I'm Mm -hmm. from D.C. Washington, um, you know, as a, like, in relation to the District of Columbia, is almost always used in a, like, political context. So what was most annoying... (laughs) When more annoying than people saying like, oh, you're from Arizona, it must be hot there. Mm-hmm. It was like more annoying to be like Washington State or D.C. Yeah, exactly. You know, we could have probably avoided the whole question. We just said Washington. <laughs> <laughs> then, then everyone would definitely know it was, uh, we meant the state. You know, if I ever live in Washington, D.C., I am going to say I'm from Washington, D.C. Oh. And then just 
you know, just confuse the poo out of everyone. Yeah, like just throw, just throw them way off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Watch the rain sword circuit as they try to figure out which Washington you really mean. Exactly. Exactly. So, so. <laughs> anyway, this episode is on Washington, the state, the Pacific Northwest, Lewis and Clark, Coffee, Salmon, Pike's Place, Pearl Jam, that, that Washington. Boeing, Amazon. Yeah, that place. Yes. No, no chowder. You know, not the chowder or the Smithsonian, nothing like that. We wouldn't know. Never been there. Yeah, exactly. So same. I feel like we were really bad Americans for having not visited, though. Look, if Washington <laughs> D.C. wants to offer flights that are cheaper from the West Coast, I'm all in. But until then, it costs the same to go to Europe. Yeah. So and only a few extra hours of flight time. I'm gonna go to Europe, yep. and plus I've seen House of Cards, so I feel like I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> so there. Well, no one is going to Europe. Maybe we should just make the effort then. Sigh. <laughs> sigh. Let's sigh. And since no one is going to Europe, perhaps you may want to set your sights on the state of Washington mm-hmm. for a fun getaway while the world decides what to do with this pandemic. This is true. We have really enjoyed living in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it obviously wasn't perfect, but there are some seriously cool things to see and do when visiting. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that you really can't do the Northwest as a quick trip. Mm-mm. You know, I feel like the two weeks, I feel like two weeks would really be a good amount of time to see everything that there is. I agree. Especially if you branch out into Canada and Oregon, for sure. Oh, yeah. There's just so much territory to cover. Mm-hmm. And traffic. Yes. Unfortunately, traffic. Yep. I don't really, I mean, you don't think, you know, Washington is something you could do in a day beyond Seattle and Pike's Place, Space Needle, Dog and Pony Show. So, I think you could do traffic in a day. You could do the traffic in a day. You could. You could definitely do that. You could but, spend a whole day on the five. Right. And, you know, and like you said, Pikes Place, Space Needle, those are fine, you know, but we're not knocking the Space Needle. No. But we're anything like outside that. of Seattle proper would be pretty hard to swing. Right. And I mean, also, I would say in planning your trip, the rain is something you'll have to contend with yep. year round, pretty much. Um, as Dave Barry said, Seattle had a better ring to it than the land of annoying and persistent drizzle. Mm-hmm. So, yep, for sure. But you know, the summers are mostly reliable for some sun, but it's still risky. You it never is know. still risky. Yeah, yeah, you never know. It depends on what the old La Nina and El Nino are yeah, up to. Those two kids. Those two kids and <laughs> messing everything up. <laughs> for those of you not on the Western Seaboard, the El Nino. Uh, Southern Oscillation is the cyclical warning and cooling of the Pacific Ocean. Yes, the ENSO, if you're in the know. Uh, El Ni- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so El Nino is when these particular waters in the Pacific warm, causing very specific weather patterns, well, all over the world, actually. But we've lived in the parts of the country in the United States that had a really dramatic changes in weather, so like the Southwest and the Northwest. Mm-hmm. So an El Nino year in the Northwest means that it's going to be drier right it's actually gonna be wetter in the south and warmer for the west in just general yes. terms yeah. yes so el nino wreaked all kinds of havoc in arizona in 1998 ish we had this crazy snowstorm with like seven feet of snow up in flagstaff so yeah. yeah and then um la nina is when the surface water cools and the pacific northwest gets colder than normal mm-hmm. the normal weather so it isn't a guarantee, but it's worth checking. It's worth checking. It, that's what I would say. And then the ENSO neutral conditions is just like that. It's just neutral. So, you know, the jet stream and Arctic winds aren't flying around and ruining our picnics, et cetera. So. Right. These cycles can go on for years as well. So I wouldn't say plan your trip around what the ENSO is doing. 
Yeah. But uh, may help calculate just how many rain ponchos to bring. Exactly. Hopefully exactly. one. And like maybe you could be like, ah, there's a solid <laughs> chance we'll have you. sun. Yeah, exactly. So I would say that if you come in the summer, be prepared for disorienting long days with the sun blaring down on you at 8 p.m. Yep. Like it's 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And if you come in the winter, be ready for it to be dark by 4. Yep. Just dark. Yeah, daylight savings is, is truly useless. Yes, it that is. far north. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. So if you aren't used to these, you know, kind of extremes in daylight, um, it can really mess with your plans. So mm-hmm. just be aware. Yeah, they don't start 4th of July fireworks till what, 9.30? 10, 10 o'clock? 10. 10 p.m. Yeah, it does not get, and even and then, then. it's barely dark enough. It's barely, yeah. yeah. So anyway. Wow. So we're really selling Washington, aren't we? Oh, yes, we are. Weird daylight and weather phenomenons. Hey, we are just making sure everyone is prepared. <laughs> So it isn't all bad with the weather phenomenon and you may get lucky and you might see the auroras. Yeah, we saw one too. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Just because it was over the Boeing factory in Everett Mm -hmm. doesn't make it any less aurora than if it was in Iceland. So, you know, don't be an aurora snob. I can't talk about it. I just don't want to say that my first time was in Everett. But yes, yes, it was. And the stargazing and the auroras can be really spectacular this far north. I will say that. Yeah. And can show up when you least expect it. You know, I think, I think what, whatever you do, though, whenever you come, just bring an umbrella. Yeah. So if you come during the winter, you know, know uh, you aren't going to have a ton of daylight or time for any outdoor activities. And if you come in the summer, well. You're yeah. going to have all the daylight you want. Yeah. Even if it's peering at you through the gray clouds. So. Obviously, we spent a lot of time and energy trying to move there and then maintain residence there. So we have some favorite places and spaces that we suggest to any visitor. Right. So let's say we've got a hypothetical visitor who's asking us, hey, I've got two weeks in Washington. What do I do? Washington. Washington. And where are we going? (laughs) And we are going to assume that our hypothetical visitor is flying. So we'll start things off nice and easy and assume that Seattle will be their first spot. Uh, with that uh, our HV will be our hypothetical visitor. Yes, <laughs> the HV. So what's interesting is that Seattle is weirdly a small city, which works to the visitor's advantage because a lot of the iconic sites are within walking distance. Right, or Lime scooter distance. Exactly. Yeah, it just depends on what you're, what you're up for. So things to do in Seattle would be the inevitable space needle visit mm-hmm. which honestly it never gets old for me it's it's a landmark so it's it's just beautiful it's like yeah. the eiffel tower it's yeah yeah it's iconic seattle it is you know yes going to the top is fun but i wouldn't say you have to take the elevator uh the base of the space needle has some cool parks and museums nearby the pacific science center the museum of pop culture like oh, yep. that's all just right there at the base also so, known as mopop mopop if you're in the know you're in the know and mopop used to be a music museum and it pivoted towards pop culture type exhibits within the last i'd say 15 years mm-hmm. um there's still a good bit of music influence there because there's an entire room devoted to song so you can see woody guthrie's guitar mm-hmm. hang out in the mixing studio mm-hmm. see what that is like, um, that was actually kind of great for our kids to play around with all the levers and see what music production is like. It really was. So, and then beyond that, there's plenty of movie exhibits with Luke Skywalker's hand, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, lightsabers, Lord of the Rings, and Wizard of Oz costumes. Yeah, Cylon 6's red dress costume 
from uh, Battlestar Galactica fans out there? There's none. There's no Battlestar Galactica fans <laughs> out there. But uh, I doubt it. There's Fifth Element stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So it's Terminator. Just, yeah, it's just cool, nerdy stuff. And there was an extensive Jim Henson exhibit with all things Muppet and a Pearl Jam one. So stuff rotates in and out, and we enjoyed our time there. Yep, exactly. And after Mopop, the kids would go and play in the super cool playground just outside of the museum and in the shadow of the Space Needle. So that was really neat. We called it the Baby Ring Wraith Park because the little toy structures were just kind of, I don't know. It's hard to explain it otherwise. Mina's more goalish. So who's the nerd now? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's okay. So I stand for, by it. From there, though. You... It wasn't Cylon 6. <laughs> Obviously, from that point, you can follow the signs of the International Fountain, mm-hmm. you know, which is not as good as the Bellagio Fountain set to music, but it's still entertaining. Hey, it's just a cool place to hang out. Um, we had dinner once at the top of the Space Needle, and it was nice. Nothing special, but the view was cool. So. Yeah. And we haven't been since it was redone, so hold us liable if the food is terrible. Don't hold us liable. Or don't hold us liable. Don't. Please don't. Sorry. Please don't. <laughs> So our, when we would eat in Seattle, uh, we would really like um, Zeke's Pizza, Etta's, or Cutter's Crab House, um, or Fish and Chips at the Aquarium Cafeteria. <laughs> Yummy. Well, Yum. We definitely got the 10% nom, off nom our meal. Nom nom for us, David. Yeah, we were members there. So we got 10% off our meal, and it's, you know, it's hard to mess up fish and chips. Plus, you can't beat that view that we had. You know, win-win, if you ask me. It's true. It, it, I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm not knocking the... The Cafeteria Aquarium Fish and Chips. So the Seattle Aquarium was just another favorite of ours. And it's just this, I don't know, you walk in and there's just this huge, big aquarium wall that's just mesmerizing to look at. The um, touch pool is super cool. Lots of anemones and, did I say that right? Anemones, yes. Yes. And starfish. Um, and it's just all like local uh, sea life, which is really cool. Yeah, and they pump in fresh water from the sound every couple of minutes. So you can feel good knowing those fish are not living in yucky finger water. Nope, not living in the finger is, water. You don't think about that until and, you're there. Until you realize, <laughs> oh, they're getting fresh. Oh, okay, this is good. This is a good thing. The displays are clean and the fish are very well cared for. So, Yeah, and the cafeteria was delicious. And 10% off if you have. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a membership. So from the aquarium, you can walk to the inevitable Pike's Place Market. Do, do, do. do, do, do. You know, and for some reason, we punish ourselves with walking down that thing almost every time we go there. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're there. It's maybe just there, yeah. we hope the dahlias will be prettier this time. Yeah, or maybe we want, we want to go get rat donuts. Definitely the rat donuts, for sure. So maybe, we, yeah. So if you're in the mood for hot off the fryer mini donuts, head over to the Daily Dozen in Pike's Place. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first went there like 15 years ago, uh, there were all these you know, plastic rats decorating the display. So naturally, we've called it rat donuts ever since. Of course. I mean, who wouldn't? And I don't think they have any more plastic rats there, but we will never change the name because, you know, what will it become? You want to get some donuts at the Daily Dozen? What? Oh, you mean rat donuts? Yeah. And we could just save ourselves like that many words by just saying rat donuts. Yep. But it's so off-putting, you know. It is. It's so But yes, gross. you're right. It is forever in our family dictionary. It is. So uh, Rat Donuts does make Pike's Place worth it. Yes. I will say that. And I did not see a real rat at all. No. Ever. I never saw one. Never saw one. Um, you could also see the OG Starbucks 
yep. the store one, if you like. Yes. That kind of thing. With the mermaid with the two fins. So. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how that goes, but yeah. No, she has two little fins. Never mind. It's fine. It's fine. It's like the old like clip art that they had. Mm-hmm. So that's all. It looks totally different than the ones we see today. So I think that's fun. It is fun. Yeah. It's fun. It is so fun. <laughs> We're just, we are really selling this hard, aren't we? <laughs> Anyways, the area is a bit of a circus. Uh, street performers, local vendors, super touristy stuff. But uh, that is just how these things go. Right. So if you want to break from that, we sailed Elliott Bay, which is a very mm. nice experience to get away from the hustle of the city. And you get a nice view of mm-hmm. it, and you don't have to. Yeah, there's a there's a number of sailing companies, so you just do your research and book ahead of time. Um, that's that's pretty much my advice. Oh, and bring a jacket. Yes, definitely bring a jacket. You almost ended up with some commemorative, you know, I don't know, space needle one jacket because you forgot yours oh yeah and we're like it's gonna be so cold out yeah there. And i was desperately trying to buy one anyway yeah. so definitely just bring one so you don't end up with some corny like neon purple <laughs> fleece thing from the aquarium yeah whatever jacket is on the rack at the aquarium yeah that, that's that, that was literally time. and yeah. he's like and i get 10 percent off so you know Ooh. it was all gonna be okay so speaking of elliot bay Elliott Bay Books, which is not located by that bay anymore, is a really fun, creaky floor independent bookstore that is fun to check out. So Yeah, if you're in, if you're definitely in, into that kind of thing, right. check it out. Of course. I mean it's definitely it's not a Barnes and Noble experience. It's definitely kind of that old school sort of feel to it. And now it is up in Capitol Hill. That's kind of the area that it's in right now. So we're assuming at this point on our tour of Washington that you are probably getting a little Seattled out. Mm-hmm. So time to head north yes. to some of the more natural wonders of the state. Yes. And which to me really make Washington special. Mm-hmm. So we really enjoy the northern part because you kind of get out of the traffic hustle that is everything that is down south. So Yeah, yeah exactly. This, the Seattle-Tacoma traffic is rough, um, especially if it rains. You know, if we ever had to head south. Why do they act like, it's like rain? What's this? I've never. Oh, no, my car's wet. What's this wet stuff that comes down every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year? What? I don't know how to deal with this. I mean, there's, there's, there's being safe and then there's being just ridiculously slow for no reason. Right. <laughs> and we all know it's the latter for Seattle. So there you go. So, um, yeah, if we ever had to head south from where we lived uh, on I-5 uh, beyond SeaTac, we generally try to get down there late at night just to avoid traffic. Yes, avoid or early in the morning, which is often the same thing. So, mm-hmm. And while I'm sure that Mount Rainier and Olympic National Park is really lovely, we are going to stay north of Everett here and explore that part of the state. Yep. And for those of you who don't know, Everett is... Um, the Dirty E. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The Dirty E. I was going to say it's the Boeing headquarters, but sure, the Dirty E works too. Yes, it is the Detroit of the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) I said it. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, and we lived there for six months, and you can tell we aren't at all disgruntled from that experience. I mean... We won't get into it, at least not on this episode. No, not on this one. (laughs) I think that's a good idea. So uh, keeping north of Everett is a good idea. Sure. Keep that in the back of your but mind. But you could you could go on the Boeing factory tour if you're into airplanes. That's pretty cool. And so I'm gonna say yes. I thought that was pretty cool. And well, I was disappointed sure. when I heard Boeing factory 
and that Disneyland could fit inside their main building, I was expecting like sparks flying and people welding and big crucibles gurgling with molten metal, like like a real factory, <laughs> like people hammering and it's like ching, ching, you know? As much as Anna's view of a factory is influenced by the scene where Annika Skywalker gets his arms and his legs cut off, <laughs> it is still a pretty impressive experience. And I guess it's considered the the largest building in the world. I, oh, I, they make a point. It's the largest building in the world by volume. Oh, by volume. Not by square footage. Yeah. So everything's automated. So mm-hmm. there's not like sparks and welding. Like everything's pretty clean and quiet. and Super anyway. precise. Super precise. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. It has to be. It's it, a plane factory. It is. It is. <laughs> and it is huge. And that part is pretty breathtaking. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because... You don't really think about how many 747s are just chilling indoors, but there's a lot. Mm-hmm. So that building is very impressive that it houses these gigantic airplanes that are just going through production. Yep. Yep. And the visitor center is pretty cool too as well. Um, they have a lot of hands on stuff for kids and adults and things to yeah, explore. And that part is free. The actual tour is not, but the visitor center, which was very enriching and that was free. Yeah. And it's kind of neat. They change it up. Um, every so many months or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So you get a new experience if you go back. It's not the same old boring stuff. Um, but still, unless you're really, really into airplanes, it might be best to skip that tour and head on north. Keep on north on that five and lock your doors while you're at it. So <laughs> the first and most popular place to visit in Washington is the San Juan Islands. Yep. That's much further north for sure. It's a lot further yeah. north. But and I feel like that's what people kind of... It's super iconic, though. Um, and this yeah. is a group of islands that are pretty far north, very close to the Canadian border. Um, they're obviously only accessible by ferry. And these are just your normal, like, state-run commuter ferry systems. However, the views that you'll get, you're going to think you're on a much nicer boat. Yeah. And we enjoyed going to uh, Friday Harbor, which was on San Juan Island. So for reference to the various island choices that are up there, um, Think of them like the Hawaiian Islands. So Orcas Island is Kona, San Juan is Oahu, Lopez is Maui, and so on. I don't know. I'm just trying to pick a famous archipelago. Sure. So. <laughs> and we like Friday Harbor because we can do a walk-on uh, ferry trip, which is far and away cheaper. Um, and and less uh, stressful. Yeah, and the little town of Friday Harbor yeah. is delightful. So it is. it's all within walking distance. It is a delight. It yes. is. And so if you're going to do that, you would take um, the ferry from Anacortes to Friday Harbor. That's what you want to look for on the schedule. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and definitely check the scary, the scary ferry schedule. That's the word. The scary ferry. <laughs> it's just after Halloween. Um, check it online. Uh, be sure to get to the terminal early, obviously, because parking fills up very fast. So fast. It is insanely stressful. So also know that the ferry does tend to be delayed because of whales and other boats on the water. So just be aware. Yeah. That you, if you have a tight schedule, um, maybe you shouldn't come here. Like it's you need, uh, to be, you need to plan for flexibility. You need to plan. You need to be like, okay, we've got nothing else going on today except Friday Harbor. That's what we're doing. So right, tickets as uh, as walk ons weren't really ever an issue either. They're definitely an issue if you drive. So right. just be aware. There's only so many spots for cars. For exactly, sure. but there's far more for for just the walk ons. So. The ferry disembarks right at the Friday Harbor downtown, so it's super easy to navigate. 
from there, we typically will walk along the marina, and then we have lunch at Downriggers. Man, I miss that place. I miss that place, Downriggers too. was great. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, it was very nice. Um, it's a very nice restaurant on the water that overlooks um, the marina, and so you can see the little islands and the boats. It's very idyllic. Yeah, and the food is amazing Yes, as well. It's not pretentious or overpriced. You know, it's just yeah. good food for a good price. I was surprised. I actually thought... It was going to be way more expensive, and it wasn't. It was very reasonable and very tasty, and the views were fantastic. So we have also chartered an old-fashioned schooner. Am I saying that right? Schooner? Schooner? From Friday Harbor? It's an old boat. I think you got one of them right. It is an old wooden boat. My various (laughs) three iterations, I got it right. Um, And so we took that from Friday Harbor on a sunset cruise. Yeah, that was was, awesome. Yeah, that was very, very fun. Yeah, and the guy who runs them just charges enough to cover the cost of maintenance of the old wooden boats. And because he wants to keep the tradition alive with exposure and education, you know, to the public. Yes. So you can make reservations online, pop over to the cask and schooner where uh, the outfit is headquartered. It is called Schooners North. I never thought <laughs> I'd have... you say it so many times. Why am I saying this so many times? <laughs> <laughs> it's Schooners North San Juan Sail Charter. Got and it. And that is where you can get your tickets for these sunset cruises <laughs> on these old, creaky, cool, wooden sailboats. Yeah. And super fun. Yeah, definitely worth your time. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, people can, how many people can say that they've watched a sunset over the San Juan Islands on an old, creaky, wooden sailboat? Yes. And a very grand, like very stately. Mm-hmm. It's not like some little janky sailboat, like sad little skiff or something, but mm-hmm. it's very, very grand looking, I would say. Um, and there is also a fantastic independent bookstore um, up the way in Friday Harbor. So we've disembarked and now we're hanging out in the... <laughs> in the little downtown and you can kind of just sort of head north on the main north or up. I don't know. What would it be <laughs> further it's into town? Yeah, there's the a water. hill. Like it's like built on a hill. So you just yeah. kind of head up the hill. I'm assuming that's north cause you're going uphill. Mm-hmm. I know that's wrong. And it's called Griffin Bay books. And I have gotten some super cute kids books there that I have never seen before. So the person who does the curating has amazing taste. Yeah. And really after that, we are pretty much ready to take the ferry back home. Yeah, you know, because of us back then, uh, would just drive home. You know, um, I know we were just hoping to stay there. You know, there's a, you know if you're hoping to stay there, there's a handful of hotels. Yeah, I say. yeah, we didn't have to though. We could yeah. just drive home. It was lovely. Yep. Anyway, we don't need to reminisce. Uh, we did take the jolly trolley around the island once. That was neat. You know, it was it was it was okay, but it was an open air trolley. Um, the main issue yeah. we took with it is that they're expecting that sort of hop on, hop off experience that you get in like London. Uh, instead, this was more uh, sit there, drive around, maybe look at a lavender farm, but you have too much anxiety about missing the trolley and having to wait an hour. That yeah. It, that kind of ruined the experience. It did. It did. I agree. If you, I don't know, like if you just kind of want to drive around the island and check it out and kind of have your little pre recorded guided tour, it's fine. If you're hoping to hop on and hop off, Ugh, it's rough because it's only an hour between, you know, pickup time. So that's going to like gobble up your day super, super fast. So we just stayed on it the whole time and it was fine, but I can't say we would do it again. And um, so I would say if you, if the idea of just kind of hanging out in like Friday Harbor proper is not fun for you and you want to drive, then definitely do that. 
Um, you can do, there's plenty of kayaking there, whale watching, the lavender farm, as we said earlier. Um, so yeah, but I would just recommend if you want to do anything outside of that, then just get your own car and just plan for that. Yep, yeah. exactly. So when you're back at Anacortes, uh, from visiting Friday Harbor, um, you can, um, venture off from there, uh, and head out to, uh, Deception Pass State Park. Yes. Um, which is, uh, that direction. Um, and it's beautiful, beautiful drive. Mm-hmm. So when you get off at Anacortes, you're very, very close to this little bridge that will take you over to Whidbey Island. And that's where Deception Pass is. And that I have never been to a place quite like that. And we were so lucky to live 45 minutes away from there. Yeah, so how do you describe Deception Pass? It, hmm, it is this very beautiful land and water kind of formation of islands, inlets, glacial lake, powdery white sandy beach. Like it's just okay. Checks yeah. all the boxes. Yeah, like the, it's absolutely gorgeous. That ought to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and it's on. So it's on Whidbey Island. Um, you can drive there. You don't have to take the ferry. You can if you are down kind of by the Mukilteo area. Whidbey's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, Whidbey's huge, but um, you can just kind of take that little bridge um kind of from anacortes there's plenty of signs directing you there and you'll cross like several very ornate very pretty bridges especially for being in the united states and then you'll get to the park and the entrance is ten dollars or you can spring for the annual pass for thirty dollars and it is good for all the state parks in washington yep it is really worth getting Especially if you plan to go to more than three parks. Yes, exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. Then it pays for itself. Or go to one park more than once, right? Yes. Um, and it goes to a good cause of maintaining the parks and that kind of thing. Yes. I, I, would, I would suggest getting it. Getting it. It's, um, it's called the Discover Pass, I believe. So yes. Deception Pass is a wonderful place to have lunch and explore. And if you have stand-up paddle boards, Cranberry Lake is a great place to do that. Yep, which is right near there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was the lake... That was once a glacier? Yes. So it is right, right, right by the ocean. But it is a freshwater lake that is divided by this little strip of land. So you look out and you see this big roaring ocean and sand and everything. And then you're just on this smooth lake paddleboarding. So it's kind of a very, very unique experience. Yep. And this is all in the West Beach slash Cranberry Lake area. Yeah. So all the signs can't miss it. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, turn to the old fence post, and when you see the rickety fence, you've gone too far. Exactly. But uh, definitely plan to spend all day there. You know, I say this because uh, time will just get away from you. It is just that gorgeous. It is. It is kind of that time warp sort of place. Mm -hmm. So So if you had enough time at the beach, then it's time to move on to the mountains of the North Cascades. And we only very recently started exploring this area, and I am sad that we did not spend more time up in the North Cascades. Yeah, exactly. Mm You know, um, Mount Baker is a great place to start. Um, going there in the summer is uh, pretty epic in terms of green grass contrasted with snow. And you can technically sled there in the summer. Yeah, but you'll be there with all of the Seattle people. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all of them. So I'd we say, say all of them. We say skip that part. Skip that part. Just don't. Just Especially sled. now with the pandemic, everyone's there. Yeah, no one's sled, working. Sled for real. Just sled for real. Just wait till winter and be a normal person and yep. sled like normal anyway. The ski lodge over by Picture Lake is a nice spot to just hang out for a bit, kind of make that home base while you're exploring mm-hmm. the Mount Baker area. Yeah, and I remember the drive was uh, really spectacular. But uh, 
A lot of hairpin turns. Be prepared sure. if anyone in your family Switch is backs. prone to motion sickness. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We definitely didn't roll up to the to Picture Lake smelling like Charlie's barf. Definitely not. Nope. Never nope. happened to us. Never happened to us. So. <laughs> so on the drive down, we found this uh, this little hike that turned into this glacial river and beach. Yes. Kind of neat. Yes, and this is where we discovered that glacial runoff is this gorgeous turquoise color. Yep. Like beautiful, breathtakingly turquoise. Yeah, and this kids the the kids found this nice uh, mellow part of the river and and took their giant floaties down it. Yes, they burned up so much energy there. It was just their own natural lazy river. Yep. And we definitely got some looks. The hipsters threw some shade as they were sunning themselves as the kids came rolling through on their giant flamingo floaties, but <laughs> we didn't care. No shame. <laughs> I didn't care. Yep. I do not care about hipsters' opinions. Yep. And then you and I, uh, we continued our quest for glacial runoff and found at Diablo Lake. <gasps> Diablo Lake. I think I took more pictures there than anywhere else. It was absolutely. At least in the mountains. It was absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Diablo Lake is this glacial lake in North Cascades. A giant. That's. <laughs> I'm not doing it justice. You're not doing it justice. No, you are not. It is a giant, impressive turquoise lake in the middle of these striking mountains. Waterfalls. Yes. Waterfalls that feed into the lake that you can definitely check out, hike around. And some one was even kind of tucked around a corner. Mm-hmm. It was so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like. You blinked, you missed it, but it was so grand looking, and I very much wish we had discovered it sooner. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And we went there rather impulsively when we were up in Washington signing our closing papers to Mm -hmm. our house. Uh, We didn't have the kids with us, and we just thought, hey, why not check this out? It was definitely a drive, though. It was about three hours each way from Seattle proper. So, But But if you are on vacation and have an extra day to burn then I'd say make the effort. Yes, exactly. I, I think that is absolutely worth the effort. It was so gorgeous. And there are a lot of other smaller kind of lower commitment places that you can check out that we love as well. So what we've been talking about are things that are really day trips. It's going to take all day there and back, sometimes multiple days, especially something like Friday Harbor if you really want to explore that. But there's plenty of little things around that you can check out. So Yeah, and we're... we're uh... We're partial to Kamano Island. Yeah, so check out Kamano Island State Park and Kama Beach State Park um, for just some fun Puget Sound hangout time. Yep, guess what? You can use your annual park entrance pass there as well. Yes, exactly, you can. So The Discover Pass. The Discover Pass, yep, there it is. Probably. Yeah. No, but it's the Discover <laughs> Pass. We haven't been gone that for long. For sure. So while you're near Kamano Island, we really liked Lake Goodwin too. Oh, yes. Which was a very great place for stand-up paddleboarding. Yeah, absolutely. So yes. lakes tend to be better for that kind of thing because mm-hmm. no waves, right? Or tides. Or, or tides or things like that. Yeah, it's a little more predictable. Yeah, so long as there's not jet skis also there, those jerks keep ruining They're it. They're huge jerks. They're <laughs> awful, and they don't... The thing with the jet skis is that in any jet ski people listening, here's the thing. Go to the middle of the lake. You have that luxury to go to the middle of the lake and you can go churn up the water and roll around all you want and leave the stand-up paddleboarders to just hang out on the edges. I feel like that should just be standard etiquette. But The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> you heard it here first. So we also very much enjoy the Teo Lighthouse. Um, you can escape there after you suffer through the Boeing tour. Right. So mm-hmm. Mokoteo is back near Everett again. Mm-hmm. And this is an actual working lighthouse. So 
Uh, and if you hit it on the right day, you can go inside it and just walk along the outside edge at the top. Yes. Yes. Cool. It is very cool. And um, apparently the Coast Guard comes and like takes care of the light bulb from time to time. So it's just sort of comforting to just kind of see this very old thing that's still working and being taken care of and used. And then you can have dinner at Arnie's and watch the sunset and the ferries come in and out. Yep. And we've also enjoyed uh, Vashon Island, which is a ferry ride from Fauntleroy to the North End. Yes. Um, definitely take a car. Definitely. Yes. T- uh, check out Quartermaster Harbor, the Island Roasters Coffee Shop, Point Robinson Lighthouse. The downtown has a lot of super cute shops. Yep. It's basically hipster heaven. Yes. As there are almost no chain stores there. None. Yeah. I think yeah. except for like the grocery store. Um, and it also comes with non-chain prices. Yep. But, you know, to each their own. And I support their efforts. So yep. there you go. Also, Port Townsend was a good experience as well. Yes. That whiskey place that we had dinner was nice. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that anyone should make a special trip, like, out of their way to visit Port Townsend. But it was worth stopping by if you're just passing through. Yeah, exactly. You know, and we did go there when we were picking up the ferry to Victoria. Yes. And that is for a different podcast, our experience of getting to Victoria. But yes, it did involve Port Townsend. Victoria, Canada. Yes. Right? To be clear. I figured. I figured. Yeah. And I wish we had stayed in Port Townsend. Um, you know, we, we stayed at this sad little hotel in Port Angeles. Yes. And that was a very depressing experience. Yes. But. That's another story for another day. <laughs> anyway, what else do we recommend? You know, I think we've covered our favorite places. Mm-hmm. Um, we never made it to Mount Rainier or Olympic National Park. Yes, I guess you can revoke our Washington Savvy card if you want. But we just couldn't bring ourselves to deal with that crippling traffic. Yeah, it's and quite a haul for us. Yes. And one could argue that our refusal to suffer the traffic makes us more savvy. I think so. One could agree. Right. One is smart. <laughs> um, and, and I will also say like for skipping like the Mount Rainier and the Olympic National Park, there's a lot of super cool stuff up north. So I don't ever feel like we missed out like yeah. ever. I don't feel like we settled. So yep. there it is. Well, yeah, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for yeah, listening. Please click, download, like, and subscribe to our blog or podcast or social media. All of this stuff tells the internet that you like our stuff. We rely on our fantastic network of listeners to get the word out and about about our work. Because we are supported by you, our listeners, we do not have to be beholden to advertisers and are free to create real, fresh, and original content. Yep. And check out our website, www.clusterfusstravel.com for the latest content we produce. There you can also find our merch store. The proceeds from the sales of that one-of-a-kind travel-inspired merch go to support our work here. Yes. And even though the Boeing factory seriously considers adding a crucible to their tour whenever they hear us say it, this is the Clustercast, a filterless podcast on family travel. So long, everyone. Bye.